Hello and welcome, dear friends. I am Nicole Beecham, and this is the Energetic Pathway Podcast, Journey Back to Yourself. I invite you to join me each week as we explore stories, insights, and resources through the lens of vulnerability and authenticity with a little bit of humor along the way. Let's dive into today's topic together. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today. Before we get started, let's do a little bit of a check-in. Brock, how's your heart? Ooh, one of those questions. Um, my heart's good. My heart is, um, I think, patient for the first time, maybe in a, in a while. Um, I've been in a season where we've been traveling a lot and been um, just kind of jumping from one thing to the next, which in past seasons of my life would cause a lot of internal chaos. But in this one, I think, yeah, just learning how to slow down emotionally in the midst of chaos and not allow um, situational kind of instability to cause emotional instability, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, just still a lot of in between in life, but, um, can't complain too much. How's your heart, Nicole? Better, better. I think that my last week has just been, as you know, such a roller coaster. It's like the second that I'm able to get some grounding and some stability and some irony, emotional regulation, it feels like that leaves so quickly. And so it's been honestly a fight and a struggle to like try to stay regulated, to, you know, show up, to teach, to show up, to parent, to show up for myself. And I shared a little bit about this back in episode seven, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a rough week and it's one of those things that just kind of hit me out of what felt like nowhere. And I know there are some some aspects of my life that have kind of like brought that stuff up. Um, and we'll share a little bit more about that in a little bit as well. But yeah, I'm right now I'm feeling better. I'm feeling lighter. I'm feeling thankful that I can breathe again. <laughs> you know, there's space, there's spaciousness in my body and spaciousness around me. And yeah, that I feel like I can be myself and be out in the world and not need to like bunker down and try to figure out like what the hell is going on and how do I move through it? So I'm so very, 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 very relieved coming out of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, like, does the journey of getting out of that look like, right? Like, um, I think a lot of times we can easily say, Hey, I'm bad or Hey, I'm good. But like, what does the in-between look like for you? Like, what is that process as you are in the depths and you are trying to get out of it? Like, what is it? What does that look like? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And the reason I'm kind of struggling to answer that question right now is it was just so different this time than how it's been in a while, like over a year, a while. And so I'm very familiar at the beginning of my healing journey. Like it was just harder. It took so much longer to get back to my window of tolerance, to get back to my center. And it would take a lot of resources. And sometimes it was impossible for me to get back to that until I saw my therapist again. 
And sometimes it was so bad that even that didn't help. And so like seeing my therapist may have made it worse, honestly, or like triggered more stuff in me. Um, yeah. And so it's weird to feel that way again. It's weird to like not be able to say, well, I did X, Y, and Z and went outside and put my feet on the ground or laid on the ground and just breathe and like let the nature around me surround me and like the love of, you know, the universe of mother nature of God just surround me. And this time for the first time in a while, that did not work. Like I tried everything. It was it was brutal. And like, thanks to your graciousness, we, uh, we didn't record last week and, you know, that was really helpful for me. And then, you know, later on the week when we planned on recording again, I still wasn't up for it. And so it was just a lot this time. It was both a combination of me going through my list of resources and was like, okay, well that didn't work. Let me try getting in my hammock with a weighted blanket. Okay. That brought me back down a little bit. Great. And then 30 minutes later, my body would be feeling like massively anxious and unable to settle. And my mind would be ruminating, just spinning on like conversations that haven't even been had. And, you know, it's just that relentlessness. And yeah, it was a huge pain in the ass. (laughs) And I would have done anything to make it go away, like literally just about anything. And it seemed like everything I would do would help for a little bit, but then I would like spin right back down or like I would finally get myself settled. and was able to have like a good rest of Sunday afternoon with my daughter and be present. It was just thankful. Like it's you, when you're struggling so much, any glimpses that you can get of peace, you're just like so thankful that you could cry. Like literally I teared up on Sunday afternoon because I was just relieved to have some peace and spend time with my kid. Um, but then I went to sleep Sunday night and I woke up Monday morning and I'm spending again. And I'm like, what, why? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. And that's the struggle for me. And I'm not sure about you. And I'd love to hear more about that. But like, when I don't understand what's going on, it's really hard for me because typically I can figure things out and I could figure out this is what's going on. And especially in the real world, this is the problem. This is the solution. And then when I start taking steps towards that solution, everything, you know, just feels lighter because like there's a plan. And I think this was one of those times where it's like, I didn't know what was going on or why it was going on or how to fix it. And all of my plans weren't working. And so it was definitely a lot of trying to be patient with myself and, you know, um, letting myself have what I needed in the moment, even if that was like telling my kid, like, here is your Chromebook. Watch something for an hour. I have to go lay in bed. And I hate doing that, but it was one of those, I have to get my oxygen mask on. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting analogy, right? That it's kind of hard to swallow as a parent, the oxygen mask piece about how you're not any help if you don't help yourself first. Yeah. I appreciate the rawness. Um, of sharing there, right? Like it's easy to feel shame about those moments or to hide them or mm-hmm. to just try to uh, avoid them and move past it. So yeah, thanks for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. And I think that we're always going to experience this, like no matter where we are in our journey, 
hopefully times like these happen fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer, right? And hopefully they're less intense when they do. But like, that's just part of being human. That's part of why we're here. And as much as I even hate to say this or admit it myself, it's a learning opportunity. That's what it is. It's it's a way for us to learn and to grow. And we would be bored out of our minds if we just like were hanging out by like all the time singing Kumbaya, right? Like we have to have these experiences in order for the human life, to, in order for us to enjoy the good times, in, other, in order for us to have the bliss and the happiness and the peace we have to experience the other side of it. We have to, we have to experience all emotions and not just the pleasant ones. It's like, it's like a river. If you want to be able to have, you know, the flow of the happiness, of the joy, of the peace, of the gratefulness, of, you know, being in flow. Like we, we say the word flow for a reason. It's like the water is just flowing. Like it has some boundaries around it, but it just flows. And like, it doesn't worry about where it's going. It just kind of flows because that's what it, that's what it does. And if we dam up the creek and we don't allow negative emotions in, we're also damming up the positive emotions. And so it's just one of those things that we have to meet with acceptance and patience. Like this is just part of the human experience. And I think the the scarier thing is the number of people that try to hide it and try to like pull themselves up by their bootstraps and pretend like everything's okay because deep down they're so not okay and that prolongs the suffering and the more we resist the more it persists and so accepting it naming it sharing it allowing it to move through us like that's that is the shortcut like we're always looking for shortcuts um that is the shortcut that's the shortcut to feeling better and letting the stuff that's coming up in you which is coming up for a reason move through you and move out of you ideally hopefully for good right so it never comes back but even if it does, it's like, it's, it's gentler the next time. Yeah. I'm just trying to like sit and process that. Cause that's a, that's a lot of, that's a wisdom drop right there. What an <laughs> intro. What an intro. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, here, here it is. Here's all the shit. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Of course. We are going to dive in today on some of our personal experiences with dysregulation and how to help yourself stay regulated in the presence of dysregulated others. So Brock, can you start us off by sharing a time when you've been recently dysregulated? Yeah, I could try. Um, so I had a big, uh, I'd say a couple months of dysregulation this summer it's October 10th now, which is kind of crazy. But um, back in July, August, um, there was just kind of a just couple weeks there where my life, every single thing that could go wrong was going wrong. It's like um, friends thinking they're going to die. Um, friends having family members commit suicide. Like my family being sick, like my wife not being okay emotionally, like her dad, like thinking of stepping away from his church because of all this like people drama and like me and my job, not knowing where it is and like um, getting laid off because of economic stuff. And so being between work and it's like every single external factor and 
every person in my life's external factors all kind of just like went to shit um, at the same time. And so it was this moment where kind of like the water hose, it's like this little garden hose of like trauma and pain that I could process at one time turned into like fire hose that was just like kind of trying to explode its way in. Um, and yeah, I mean, talk about dysregulation, um, just the inability to process the inability to like function as a normal human being. Like, um, there was this moment where I'm trying to get the handlebars on my mother-in-law's bike. We went to the beach and I, uh, was so smart that it's like, Oh, if we get this fit in your car, we'll just take the handlebars off and we can get there. Um, and I could not get the handlebars back on for the life of me. I tried for three days in a row, probably like a couple hours each day. And by the end of it, I was like weeping and crying out to God, um, trying to get these freaking handlebars onto this bike. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm not okay. Cause this should not be getting me this frustrated. Um, and it was kind of this like breaking point of like, wow. Like I had, I, I'm so out of touch with myself that I had no idea that these emotions were even there and I wasn't giving them any credence and I wasn't communicating to anybody about them. And like I had shared a little bit with Adele just cause like it was impacting her. And so it's like only fair for her to like kind of get in, but I didn't share the depth of like how just angry I was because I wasn't able to process my emotions um, because I was dysregulated because you know, like I was kind of just coping in these uh, impossibly unhealthy ways. Um, yeah. So that's, it eventually passes, right? Like time happens, space comes, like healing comes slowly. But um, that's, that's where I was this summer. I don't know um, how I got through it, but I did. Uh, and here we are a lot more regulated, a lot more even, a lot more present with myself. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious if if you can share more about what it looked like for you. Because like when you have everyone in your life that's dealing with stuff, right? And then you're dealing with stuff. Like you don't want to put your stuff on them, right? Or you don't want to add to them. And so then you just hold it all in. I'm just curious if you can share a little bit more about that and like what happened when you did start to share what was going on yeah i think when everyone kind of has the same stuff going on it can um impact you in one of two ways so it's either okay i i'm not crazy like this is normal like it's okay everybody has to deal with it or oh my gosh, everyone's having to go through this. This is way too much. I need to just take it on my own because no one can shoulder it for me. And I oftentimes go to the second one um, in those moments where it's not that I have this sense of camaraderie and the sense of community because of common suffering, but I have this sense of, well, I'm capable and strong enough to just deal with it myself and compartmentalize it. So... Um, screw it. I'm just going to now be there for all these people without being there for myself at all. Mm -hmm. And so 
then I like enter into these spaces with my friends and enter into these spaces with my family um, while not being anywhere close to 100% of my capacity available for those situations. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's hard because it also goes to what we're going to talk about a little bit too, which is like dealing with people who are dysregulated or it's like your initial response is maybe I just avoid these people till I get better. Um, which is also just not loving, right? Like there is a middle ground. Um, I think the middle ground is more so on that side than the reckless abandon of going and helping everybody. But it's like, I think for me, the place that I still struggle is um, if I have a compassion to help people and to love my people and their stuff doesn't stop or slow down for me to be okay. Like how do I, how do I get okay with myself while also still being there? Um, and I think that's what this summer really showed is like, I'm, I can't do it perfectly. I like can't do it painlessly, but I can, I can do that. I can be there. And now it's just, how do I do it in a more healthy way? Yeah, absolutely. Can you remember what it was like when you started sharing how you felt? Um, yeah, I think when I started sharing how I felt, right, as you would assume, uh, or maybe not assume, um, I have some, some great people around me. Um, people were receptive. They understood. They, it wasn't like this, like out of left field. Oh wait, Brock's not okay. It's like for all the hiding and all of the like holding on to things and trying to be good enough by myself that I could be. It's like I wasn't fooling anybody. Like, if you allow yourself to be known, like people are gonna know you. Like, like people are gonna kind of pick up on those things for you too. And I think I just always think, oh, I'm so good at hiding it, or I'm so good at being okay. It's like almost that people know that you're doing that and they allow you to stay there because they need you to be okay in those moments. But the moment, yeah, but the moment that you share, it's like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's now my turn to pick up some slack. And that was what was really cool for me is to see some of my loved ones do that. Um, I think the hard thing is not everybody is that story. Some people are the, well, they then fall off the face of the earth because they're not in a season to help me. And so they cope by pushing me away. Right. Like, um, or not checking in or, um, and it's not like this, like aggressive negative. It's just like people don't have capacity. It's like, you can oftentimes get hurt because people don't respond in ways that we want them to, or in ways of compassion for us. But it's like, hell, like if I was where they're at, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that either. Right. Like, um, and so I think that's the thing of like, when I started sharing, it was interesting because there's people that immediately know me and like, okay, we're on your team. We're here to help. And people that were like, okay, thanks for the, the word vomit, Brock. Like I'll see you in six months when I'm okay. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because in every situation, you can't tell who that's going to be sometimes. Um, but that's part of trust, right? That's part of I share 
like to share, not just for my own benefit, but for the benefit of others. Um, especially like, like, I mean, maybe specifically people who are safe to you, like my story and my journey is important in the context of community and the context of the people that I'm around and that I've like, have the, like the blessing to have in my life. And I think that's where like in those moments it's, it's, I mean, obviously cathartic to share, to not have to bear that on your own. And for me, it's like, I'm a verbal processor. So it's every, every time I have somebody wanting to sit down and listen to how I'm feeling, it's like, ah, this is great. Um, but I think in, in this past season specifically, how it felt, it's like that moment of release. And then it's like, well, that still didn't fix anything. Like sharing with people, like it's what allows you to start the journey because you can't pretend it's not real anymore. Um, but it doesn't fix any of it. And I think that's the thing that's, okay, what's the step after that, right? What does healing look like? Um, that's the part I don't know all the time. Yeah. Well, you're, you're so right though. It's like when you share it, it doesn't fix anything, but it lightens the load because you're not carrying it by yourself anymore. And like, that's what we need because if we hold all of that in, then we can feel like we're going to combust, right? Like at some point it's like you at the handlebars, you're like, I just can't freaking do this anymore. And I think we get there and that's a hard, that's a hard place to get to. And you've mentioned this, but it takes bravery. It takes courage. It takes trust, like trust in yourself, trust in others to share and holding what happens if they can't meet you there, because sometimes they can't and trying not to take that personally because everybody has their own stuff they're dealing with and their own oxygen mask to put on. Yeah. Um, and everybody goes in these ebbs and flows of dysregulation, right? Um, and so I think that's, that's the thing is like this idea of the oxygen mask, um, like learning when you're running out of oxygen, uh, and not catching it when you've passed out and then being able <laughs> to see where people are, like if people are fumbling with getting theirs on or if they're dead in their seats, right? It's like the more we can learn this language and the more we can just have time to experience it. Like what you were saying earlier of like, if we don't allow these things to, to impact us, if we don't open ourselves up to these emotions, right. Then we're never going to be hardened for the next storm. Right. We're never going to be like, uh, sometimes scars, sometimes bruises are, are helpful for us to be able to handle pain that's worse in the future or pain that's different or just to be able to see patterns. And I think that's where something like I can oftentimes be um, grasping for air, needing my air mask, needing somebody to help me because I'm actually the kid that's supposed to have help second, right? Um, and I'm asking somebody that's already passed out. And then I get hurt because they're not helping me whenever there are there, man, they're passed out. They need, they need the mask on themselves. Right. And, um, I think that's where, right. Like kind of what you were saying a little bit earlier too, about like, what does it look like with people like interacting with people who are dysregulated, like doing the full circle on that for me is like, mm -hmm. 
I run into the issue of relying on them too much whenever they're dysregulated. I don't give people space and give people time. Um, and then I get frustrated at them because they don't show up um, like they did whenever they were good. I fully understand that. Like on the deepest, 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 deepest level. Yeah, 100%. I think being in the presence of someone else who's dysregulated is hard period, but it is painful when you're dysregulated in the presence of another person who's dysregulated and you're asking them for help. Like I have some experiences um, that are just like that, just like you were just sharing where I have been so dysregulated and I needed help and I would be asking for help and stating specifically what I needed in order to feel helped, right? And, um, they weren't there for that. They couldn't hold space for it. And that's really painful for me in particular, because like, that is my childhood. That was my marriage, like being surrounded by dysregulation all the time. And then similar to what you were sharing, like trying to put everybody else's oxygen mask on for them because like they were dying. Like I see everybody else around me and like they're passing out and I'm trying to get their oxygen mask on, but mine's not on. And I'm just like using everything that I have to get theirs on. And then I'm laying there like, Oh goodness, I, I should have put my oxygen mask on, but I didn't. Can someone help me get it on? And there's nobody left to help. And like, that is terrifying. Like there's no, other way to put it like it, it brings up sheer terror in you because you're like what do I do like when you know you need that help when you need that we talked about in episode seven co-regulation like there are two ways to get okay one is like self-regulation which we should always try to go to first and then when we can't do it we need co-regulation we need the energy of another person the presence of another person the love of another person the patience of another person being able to see that that other person's okay so we can take it into our systems ourselves. And it's terrifying. Like when you're dysregulated and you're asking for help from someone who's supposed to be there for you, whether that's a parent or a spouse or a best friend or a therapist, therapists get dysregulated too. That's terrifying because then you leave thinking, at least for me, something's wrong with me. Like I shouldn't feel this way. Something's wrong with me because their response isn't loving and gentle and kind and spacious. It's they try to push you off because they can't handle what you're going through. And then you feel rejected. You feel like something's wrong with you. Like you're too much, like you're not enough. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the word terrifying, right? Like totally resonate with that. Um, dig into some of that. So you, you hinted at some of these different stories, but what's maybe a, and it could be a mixture, but what's a story for you of kind of recent dysregulation or, or mm -hmm. having to interact with people who are dysregulated, whatever you feel like you want to jump into, I think is helpful for us, but just add some color to that for us. Yeah. I think it goes back to the story of my week. Like I needed, I needed help. Um, and I was, in spaces where I was asking for that help and was being missed, which is very triggering for me. And so when I say being missed, it's, it's you're familiar with the lingo, but to explain it to anyone who's maybe not, it's just like you were saying, it's like sharing, like I'm struggling, I'm freaking out, I'm in a panic. Um, and the person I was sharing with, it was met with misunderstanding and 
um, assumptions, assumptions that I was saying that they were doing something wrong. And that was the furthest thing from my intent or for what was happening. And so then they took it personally. And so then we're in a conflict and it's just like, that was the last thing I needed. Like I needed seen and held and helped. And now I'm in a conflict with this person. Right. Um, and the conflict in this scenario being this person tends to talk a lot and, um, doesn't listen very well when they're activated, which is all of us. Right. But then with my trauma and with my, with my past and my childhood, I just kept getting quieter and quieter and smaller and smaller because I felt like everything I was saying was being misunderstood even more. And it was just making everything so much worse. And so it's like, I wasn't in a space where I came in to this meeting with the capacity um, and was coming in asking for help and with the most, the highest intentions was sharing my vulnerabilities and it was received um, in a completely different way than I had intended. And then it was like spending an hour trying to like, no, that's not what I intended. This is what I meant. But it was just hard. It was painful. It was difficult. And so then I, I leave that meeting and I'm worse. Like I was going to get better. Right. And I left worse. And this is in one of my safe spaces. And so I was terrified. I was like, what the hell do I do? What does this look like? And I just tried to fight it. Like all weekend, I was trying to battle it by myself. So it was like Saturday, pick myself up by my bootstraps. And like, I was sharing a little bit with friends, but this is something that I needed a lot of spaciousness around. And I needed people who understood what I was going through spiritually and some dreams that I've been having and some like pressures in life that I've been having and some major changes I was going through. Like I needed someone who had the, the space to hold a lot of capacity about what was going on. And um, yeah, I wasn't getting that. So I was just like picking myself up by my bootstraps, picking myself up by my bootstraps, going internal, trying to figure it out, feeling like something was wrong with me. Like, I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this I'm you're human so more than likely so but like then going to the script like I can't do relationships like something is so broken about me that I can't do relationships clearly clearly something's wrong with me clearly I'm broken this is me when the reality was is they didn't have their oxygen mask on and they couldn't show up for me like and that's okay like that's humanity but nothing was wrong with me there was nothing wrong with me sharing there was nothing wrong with me asking for what I needed but I couldn't get there and it all came to a head. Um, yeah, as you said, this is Tuesday, October 10th. And so October 9th, yesterday, um, when I was, I got to the end of my rope and I'm like, okay, my avenues of what should help me is they're not helping me. And so I reached out to one of my coaches who's in Canada and I sent a text and I shared this a little bit in episode seven, which was recorded obviously before this one, um, I sent a text basically being like, Hey, I'm unwell and I've been struggling very deeply all weekend. And I can't, I can't feel okay. Like, I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. Do you have time for a 10 to 15 minute call? And like, this is a coach of mine. So like, this is somebody that like I pay, right? Like, and we have meetings times that are set up that we meet with and I didn't know what she was going to say. Like, I didn't know if she was going to be like, no, this is outside of the scope. And like, I'm terrified of violating people's boundaries because of my past. Um, anyway, and so it was hard for me to send that. And then like an hour later, I'm like, shit, it is con it's Thanksgiving in Canada. And I just messaged this woman on Thanksgiving. I see your face. You're like trying to yeah, hold no back Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. And then I felt terrible. I said, I felt terrible. 
So then I send back a message like this hour later, right? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea it was Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, don't worry about this. Ignore this message. And this sweet woman and her graciousness and her understanding and her knowing of me and what was going on, uh, she replied back and she's like, no, it's no big deal. I have 10 minutes. Would Are you free now for, for a quick call? And, you know, I, I would have been tempted, and I shared a little bit about this in episode seven, I would have been tempted to say, no, I, I don't want to do that because it's your Thanksgiving. Like, did I need it? Absolutely, I fucking needed it. I was drowning, dude. Like, I needed someone to, like, throw me a rope or a life raft and pull me out of the water. Like, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, but I didn't want her to be inconvenienced, right? Especially on her Thanksgiving. And so I was like, you know, I'm feeling a little better. And I was, I had taken some other steps to like put a little bit more of an oxygen mask on. I was like, so if we can't meet it's okay, but yes, that would be helpful if you do have time. And then she called me and this woman, I almost like tear up because she did what a lot of people don't have the space or capacity to do. And I would say most people, most people don't know how to do this well. And granted she's trained in it from her own life experiences but I was sitting in my rocking chair in my bedroom on the phone with her and I just shared a little bit about what I was experiencing and I was tearing up and was sharing a little bit about trying to share previously um, what was going on and how that person wasn't able to receive it and all the messages I was telling myself. And she's like, there's a little girl inside of you. It's a part of you that's anxious right now. And I think that lingo is important. It's a part of you. It's not you. It's not your identity. It's a part of you so that you separate, you step back from it. And she's like, and she needs your love right now. And I was like, I don't fully, I like, I feel so close to it. I feel like that little girl has overwhelmed me to the point where that little girl is me. And like, there's no adult here to help her. Like, I can't do that right now. And she's like, yep, we've all been there. That's okay. And she goes, and that's why, that's why you reach out. And so she sat there and just spoke to me. She's like, I want you to tell your little girl this later, but I'm going to tell you now so that you can have the scripts to tell your little girl. And she's like, I'm holding you in so much light and so much love right now. And she just like told me like, you're safe. You're safe. Like She repeated everything I'm about to say three times, slowly, calmly, with compassion. You're safe. You're loved. You're not alone. I've got you. I realized I needed to hear that the most. Like, that I wasn't dropped. Somebody's got me, right? Um, and she just held space for me. And it took about 10 minutes for my body to start calming down. And we stayed on the phone for like 25 minutes on this woman's Thanksgiving. And it got me to the space. And she was just reminding me, like, let me finish that thought first. It got me to the space where I was calm and where I can show up today and where I could show up last night, right? But she kept reminding me, we're not made to do this by ourselves. We need, we only need one person who can hold space for us. But we all need to be able to reach out when we're not well, after we've tried all of our own resources for someone else. We have to have someone who can do that for us. And for most of my life, I didn't have that. And it's hard for me, like personally, to remember I have that now, that I have access to it and to ask for it especially right after I just did that and it didn't go well. Right. So yeah, that's, that's my situation lately of being dysregulated and how like I couldn't get back there by myself. I needed someone to help co-regulate me. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a story. That's a raw story. I think that's an important one to have heard this morning for us. I think it ties it all together. I appreciate that for you um, having the strength to to share it with us with it being so recent. Um, yeah. I think like tying it all in, right? Um, I think this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, just kind of really sitting on the, these two stories here. Um, how do how do you as you as as it's still so raw as you're still overcoming it how do you look in the future like knowing that this might come back again that something like this mm-hmm. comes back that one of these stories happens that a season right for me in the summer happens again right like what what emotions do you feel like what confidence or lack of confidence do you feel as you look towards the next couple months with this, right? Yeah, I think it's, that's a great question. I think it's about patience with ourselves and accepting, like it is going to come back. That's, that's the reality. And it's important for us in those moments when they do come back for us to like have our mind be like, look for proof that this passed before. And so this is now another proof point that it'll pass. And like, not only another proof point, but an exact point where, I reached out to someone and they justified my needing to reach out to them and they met me in it and they held space for me. So in the future, hopefully I'm able to, like you were saying earlier, I'm able to see that my oxygen is running out quicker and I can reach out sooner, right? So that it doesn't get to the point where my oxygen mask is completely, completely out of oxygen. And I'm like, oh shit, now what? So yeah, that's, I'm hopeful in the future that it's not as severe and not specifically revolved around this script. And I think I want to, I want to lead us into the direction of, of tying off and wrapping up with what I think the story shows for me, what also your story showed as well, which wasn't even the point was like, how do you help yourself stay regulated in the presence of a dysregulated other? Or like, what do you even do if you're dysregulated in the presence of a dysregulated other? And I think there's several things that have come up for me that's been helpful. And the first is naming, this is not my energy. And what I mean by that is our own stuff, like literally just our stuff will never overwhelm us to the point of not being able to function. If we're overwhelmed to the point of not being able to function, it's because we're carrying our stuff and a lot of other people's stuff too. And we can't do that. Like that's when we get shut down. That's when we like completely explode. And so saying whatever of this is not my energy, some of this may be my energy, whatever of this that isn't my energy, I release it. I release it to God. Take all the energy that is not mine. It goes back to God. It goes back to source. It goes back to the earth, whatever you want to do with that. Um, and saying that is really important. Naming it, using the words to say, this is not my energy. I release it. It's very important. And then honoring what I need in the moment. And sometimes that's stepping away. Like if you're dysregulated in the presence of a dysregulated person, you're probably going to keep triggering each other and spiraling each other and making it worse. And so sometimes what you have to do is step away and realize that relationship for you right now isn't going to give you what you need. That person can't give you what you need. And to, to hold non-judgment on that, like you're not judging them and you're not judging yourself. You're just holding like, They just can't right now. And that's okay. And then 
try to hold space for the other person as you're able. And I think this is the important part is like, we tend to live in a society where we're told to be there for other people, to be selfless, right? To like hold, hold so much space for other people, even though we're really not very good at it because we're not holding space for ourselves. So it's, it's sometimes being like, I can't hold space for this right now. I can't do it. And saying that, telling the person, Hey, I, I love you. I respect you. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. And this has nothing to do with you, but I'm dealing with my own stuff and I can't hold the space that you deserve right now. And I just want to tell you that. I just want to honor you and tell you that I can't do that right now. Yeah. I mean, that's where I was just, there's something about that, that I think everybody conceptually, it's easy to say, yeah, yeah. On that, on that same page, I think. I think there's, you're right, there is this cultural thing and sometimes it's personality, but I think definitely culture of like, that feels icky. That feels not like a failure, but like, a, I don't, I don't want to not be able to be there for somebody. Like, I think that's the thing that I struggle with where I overcommit myself sometimes is it's like, not out of performance or they won't love me if I don't or like any of that. It's just like, I want to be there to help somebody. I want to be there to show up for somebody. And it doesn't matter if that's what you even want to do, like from a pure place, if you're not grounded, it's not going to happen. And like, that's why I think it's important to, to kind of really be in tune with yourself is because you don't get to pick and choose the moments where you're not okay. And if you just allow yourself to run ragged, the time that somebody does need you, you might not be there. Um, and I think that's the thing that I'm learning for myself is, is that I'm, I, I pour out all this energy and whenever somebody really needs me, sometimes I haven't been there. Um, and then that ruins relationships that ruins like self like view. Like then it's like, well, I am like, all these shame statements, like I am bad. I am not enough. Right. Like, so, but yeah, I, I really, I resonate with all of that and I appreciate your bluntness at it. Right. Cause I think it's easy to skirt around, especially whenever it can be construed as failing. Right. I think a lot of people, when they see those moments of self care, um, it's, well, I don't need that because if I, if I take that time then I'm a failure, because I'm not able to be strong enough to help people. Like that's something from a, some of the older generations where I've talked to grandparents or even my parents about some of this kind of stuff. That's their language, right? Around counseling, around like self reflection is you just kind of hold it to the side because they're a failure. If they need that, they need somebody to talk to them. If they need somebody to process with them, if they don't have it all together. And it's not uh, true. It's the exact opposite. That's the thing is like the best thing that you can do for yourself and everyone around you is to take care of yourself because we are designed to give to others out of abundance, out of excess, not out of lack of our own yeah. striving because we can't do it. Like we can try to do that all day long and it's not going to work. So it's like love and compassion toward yourself, love, compassion, Love is the answer to almost everything, but we forget that that love means loving ourselves too. Yeah, man. Good episode. This helped me a ton. 
<laughs> I think there's something so raw about like real situations, like just being able to like hear them and reflect on them. Like mm-hmm. there's power to that. And so, yeah, I just encourage any of you guys listening, right? If you don't have somebody to just share, what's a moment where you've been in the shitter here lately? Like where it's not been good, where it's, Sorry, that's my grandfather's old Navy language coming out through. Yeah, hopefully you're not um, telling people that you've been in the shitter lately. Um, But um, yeah, just like being able to process these things, being able to have people who are regulated, who are safe. Uh, And if you don't have them, um, there's lots of people you can pay to be that, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like counseling is a beautiful and necessary space because there are licensed professionals that are able to help be that person for you. Um, but just finding somebody just to start unpacking some of this stuff. Um, cause yeah, the, the strength Nicole has to share these stories, right. As they are so recent, so raw, like as she'd be the first to tell you, uh, doesn't happen naturally. Um, takes lots of time to get there. And yeah, so I just appreciate you, Nicole. I appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Of course. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of time and a lot of hard work, but it's not only the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the best thing you'll ever do for you and everyone else. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brock, as well, for sharing. I, I think that your story was it tied in so well with mine, like unplanned. So thank you so much for being raw and showing up in that way. That's not easy to do yeah. even two months later, right? It's not easy to do that. It's vulnerable. Yeah. Well, as we go to wrap up, if you want to learn more about this, about emotional dysregulation, regulation, feel free to check out the previous two episodes if you haven't listened to those, as well as the show notes. And we are so thankful that you are with us today, and we look forward to being with you guys next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the Energetic Pathway podcast on your favorite podcast player. Bye, guys. Thank you, guys. 